Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. So I want to talk to you from 2 Corinthians 1, verse 9. And we're going to pick up where we had talked about, you know, Paul being an apostle and all that kind of thing. But what I want you to see is Paul's talking about here as an apostle and also as believers. We have believers all over the world going through this stuff. We need to pray for them. We need to hold them up in prayer. We need to, we need to quit just living these boring, all-American lives and begin to live a life in the kingdom. So he says here, Paul says, we ourselves have the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust on ourselves, but on God, the one raising the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver and whom we have hoped that he will still deliver us. You also laboring together for us in prayer and that the gracious gift by many persons will be the cause of thanksgiving through many of us. What is he talking about? He's basically saying, you know, I have gone through such afflictions. And if you saw, and actually, if you looked at second Corinthians one, eight, he talks about what he went through in Asia was so hard on him. It was impossible for them to live if it was up to their own strength or their own power. In other words, they would have been dead if God hadn't intervened. If God had not intervened, they would have been dead. And he recognizes that. So, so we see here the true apostle, no question about it. And whoever was his, whoever God had with him, whoever he was ministering to, whoever was on this journey with him, something happened that just about um, destroyed him. And they literally had to look at God. And he's saying, you know, um, yeah, the Bible says we no longer live, but Christ lives in us, that we, we are to die daily. The Bible says our hope is to be dead to self and alive in Christ. And so we shouldn't be so upset about afflictions. We shouldn't be so upset about suffering. We shouldn't be so upset. We need to get a free from uh, the air in some doctrine that makes it look like everything's just supposed to be sunshine and roses. Now, I'm fine, okay? I totally believe in blessings. I am so blessed. I mean, I look around at how much God's blessed me and taking care of me and those who are watching and seeing uh, who have a heart to go into ministry, have a heart to, they don't know how to do this. Well, you're not gonna do the real deal by carrying somebody else's books. You're gonna get the real deal when you sell out to God and the new wineskin is not gonna have much room for covering doctrine. God's gonna shake all that. Just know it. I know this will shake people up that I would say that, but God wants his headship back, okay? He wants his headship back. He is the only head of the body. And if you got really into it, which you can go to our website at beautyfreshes.org, go under mentorship or partnership and look all these teachings up. But the word headship is only used once in scripture it's only talked about in two relationships but here's here's the deal with with paul he basically knows that he needed god to survive this and it wasn't because he didn't have faith and it wasn't because see he wasn't afraid to die he wasn't afraid to die to die is gain that's scripture 
So we have to get free from making doctrine about us being rich and us not having a problem in us. It doesn't mean, but like I said, I want to be blessed, okay? Well, I am blessed. You can't out give God. You can't, he's good. His blessings follow me. And, and the Lord gave, we paid for this building. I don't know how God gave us the money. We own a 14,000 square foot building, debt free, that only the Lord could have given us. And that's another whole story for a Holy Spirit boot camp. But I'm going to get back to the teaching and the story about really facing death as part of Holy Spirit boot camp. So for me personally, it's happened quite a few times. One time, my very first taking my official group on a mission trip, and we went to a place in the Philippines, Zabwanga, and they were um, pretty much, they've always had a lot of warring going on there for territory. And most people don't go to that part of the Philippines, especially if you aren't Filipino and they could find out that you are of another nationality, they like to kidnap you for money and ransom and they'll hold you for a very long time. And um, this was actually the part of the Philippines where some missionaries, uh, the one husband was actually murdered years ago. Anyway, so we went and there was, <laughs> I had no idea, God knew, God has a sense of humor. When you sign up for Holy Spirit boot camp and not somebody's seminary, and I'm cool with seminaries, I'm cool with, I'm cool with anything Holy Spirit is in. If Holy Spirit is in it, go for it. Be led of Holy Spirit. But some people, he wants to take us on these journeys and he wants us to go on adventures and he wants us to learn to be completely, absolutely dependent upon him. And that's what he's done in my life. And so I go on this mission trip. I think we had about 16 people with us. We had no idea. I think our missions director, who's Filipino, had an idea, but he definitely didn't tell us. So we get there. Everything's fine. I met with the governor and I prophesied over him and met with the, or the mayor, I think, not the governor, the mayor. And um, we met with one of the generals and he really told us how dangerous everything was there. And um, it was very interesting. So I was supposed to be having these crusades. So they had my banners with my face calling me prophetess plastered all over town and telling even where our hotel was. Probably not smart. So anyway, so the town decided we could not have our crusade out in some park. And so they moved it to the balcony, which they're really big. They probably held about, I don't know, five or 600 people, I guess. Um, so they moved it to the balcony of the hotel we were in. And it was one of the fanciest hotels of that time. It's not up to the quality of USA, but, but for there, it was, it was good. It was nice enough, but anyhow, so it was nice the first few days there, but then all of a sudden we noticed all these people, as Heidi Baker would say, of a different faith and a faith that likes to be extreme and a faith that's okay with murdering people. But anyhow, so this other faith um, all came for a negotiations in our hotel. We had no idea and it was negotiations for land and it was very serious. And from my understanding, there was diplomats even from the U.S. Um, and so God has such a sense of humor. I'd never done this before. I didn't even know for sure I was a prophet until this happened. And then I kind of knew besides prophesying over something over their government. And it did happen, which was miraculous. But anyhow, that's another day for another Holy Spirit um, boot camp session. But this day... So we get there and we don't have a clue what we're doing. This is years ago. We still don't have a clue what we're doing, but now we know we don't have a clue what we're doing. But now we kind of know God's going to do what he wants to do and we're more comfortable 
not really, but we've learned to ride the flow of the Holy Ghost better than before. So we're there, and they set these big speakers up out on this balcony. I mean, gigantic speakers. And God gave us all the money to do this. It was thousands and thousands of dollars, probably over $10,000. And so we had the speakers, and, um, and uh, so this was so cool. So our speakers were facing into where they were negotiating for land. And, um, and this were kind of, these were extremists negotiating with the government of the Philippines for land. And somehow we were there. And we had to walk through the exact hallway where if you went that way, you were in the room where they were negotiating. And if you went our way, we were out on this big porch balcony. So I had no idea what I was gonna do. And they gave me the microphone, which I paid for the microphone. So it was kind of fun doing my own meetings because then they couldn't tell me to stop, though they tried. So I went up and grabbed the microphone and I found out that I was probably a prophet because I began to prophesy governmental things. And I prophesied to these extremists very loud. Our speaker, there's no way they didn't hear us. And I, and I said, do not give them the land for God has sent this woman, Christian woman minister to tell you to quit being afraid of them. Well, I don't think they like women ministers, but they certainly don't like American women ministers in this particular um, extreme group. And here I was on a loudspeaker right into their negotiating room, telling them through a prophetic word from God, do not give them the land. Well, that was the one and only time we had bodyguards. And we should have known that it might not have been safe that our mission director, Nilo, got his bodyguards. But anyway, so the bodyguards look at us like, lady, you are crazy. So anyhow, so, and I can't, when you yield the Holy Spirit, he's going to do and say what he wants to say when you sign up for Holy Spirit boot camp. Now, you may go to somebody's seminary or somebody's cemetery, I mean, cemetery, anyway, you know what I mean, or even their school. And I'm not knocking schools and ministries. If the anointing of God is there, I'm totally, totally knocking them. If it's all intellectual knowledge up here and there's no power or authority or a relationship with Jesus Christ required to go or to pass the test. Anyhow, because you have to know Jesus to pass the test in the Holy Spirit um, boot camp. And, and for him to ordain you, and for him to call you, even as you can study Paul and see what that looked like for Paul. So anyway, so then, oh, this is so wild, you guys. This is my first taking people on mission trip. Do you want to go on a mission trip with us? We take, I even pay for most of the people. Sometimes we pay for the people's mission trip. We do not do that thing ever by God's grace. And if somebody wants to do it, fine. We never charge you more than exactly what it costs, but we pay for um, transportation while we're there. We, we do so reasonable. We go out of our way so that anyone can go. And I had somebody come to a meeting one time, Karen, Karen's not here, one time, and this person, this young person from college, he, he was just sitting down like in a kind of a squatting position that looks like Filipinos because they can just sit so different than us. And... I looked at this person, I didn't even know his name, and I said, God told me to take you to the Philippines, I'm paying the whole thing. And so he went, not with me, but he went with our missions director, which is even more scary than going with me because he doesn't care where he takes you. He really went to Holy Spirit boot camp. But anyway, back to the story. So I have the mic and I say that, and the next thing the Lord has me praying um, against this, the covering spirit that comes out of Catholicism, and I'm praying against the spirit over Catholicism, 
Catholics can get saved if they encounter Jesus Christ by reading the word. But that tradition and that religion is what took the life out of the church. It does not have life in and of itself. But there are people within that system who know Jesus Christ. Okay, just so you know. So next thing I'm saying to most, maybe you don't know this, most of the Philippines are Catholics. Almost all the Philippines are Catholics or they raise very few have no connection with the Catholic church. So I get up, led of Holy Spirit again, and I tell everyone why they need to renounce Catholicism as a religion and become a born again Christian in Jesus Christ and how the two don't go together. And people begin to throw up all over the place. Never happened before. It never has since. And I don't know how, but somebody had bags and were handing them out. And I don't, that was wild. That's never happened to me before. And I don't want it to happen in this church. So don't anybody get any ideas in this building. You have to bring your own bag. Okay. B-Y-O-B. Bring your own bag. All right. But only if you're coming for deliverance. And if you think you're going to want to barf, but I prefer you don't barf. And I prefer you run to the bathroom or out. We have very good exit doors if for some reason um, something like that tries to happen. But anyhow, so this was a situation. And I don't know why they had bags, except Holy Spirit had somebody there with a bunch of bags. All I know is I was so in the anointing, I didn't really pay attention to the details of what happened with those bags. Thank God. Anyhow, so after that, all these people, I don't know, five or 600 people, give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's all over the place. And then we decide, we pray for people who are baptized in the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many did, but some got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if that wasn't enough for our first mission trip and our first crusade, as we're speaking directly into a room of extremists trying to negotiate for land, then I get everybody marching around the, the uh, part, uh, doing intercession for the Philippines and against the meeting that's happening right there. So all these brand new baby converts are doing powerful intercession on day one of being a born again believer. How cool is God? Let's get into his boot camp. Anyway, so then it's over and we leave and it's too long a story. So you'll have to go it's somewhere on our website. You can find it somewhere. And so anyway, so finally in the morning, we wake up and we recognize, oh my gosh, what have we done? This is not good. So I asked the bodyguard, are we safe here? And the bodyguard says, well, you're only safe until their families leave. Because when their family leaves, you're not safe anymore. Because they had brought their wives and their kids. So anyway, in this back then, anyway, this was quite a few, maybe 15, 16 years ago. Um, there was one plane in and one plane out a day. And the tickets were booked months and months in advance. So I say to Nilo, our mission director, I need you to get us 16 tickets out of here. I don't, I, the Holy Spirit told me to leave. And he's like, Cindy, that's impossible. I can't get 16 tickets out. I can't invitate Nilo, but, um, and I, he goes, I said, look, you go to get the tickets. Karen and I will pray. We know how to intercede. You're going to get the tickets. And I won't go into that kind of intercession because it's wild. That'll be upcoming events in Holy Spirit boot camp, But we prayed wild. So Nilo was shocked. He got to the, to the airline and they gave him 16 tickets. And we, we couldn't go that day. We had to leave the next day. So we all just packed our stuff to get out. So the next morning early, we got out to the airport and someone from the CIA met Karen as we're going in. And he, and he says to her, 
look, my boss got you guys out of here. And he told her he was from the CIA. He goes, what are you doing here? Do you not know how dangerous this is? How cool is God? How cool is God? That's my first mission strip. Okay, I didn't go and sing Kumbaya, um, you know, around a little campfire, which is fine, fine, fine. I'm not putting down anything anyone has ever done to try to serve God, to try to be good with God. But there's a boot camp. There's a Holy Spirit boot camp where he wants to teach you the ways of God. He wants you to jump in and start doing more than you're doing, sitting around watching other people do a little bit of things. God's raising up a people and they don't have to be young and they don't have to be old. They can be any age, any color. You can have any education, any, anything, as long as you give it all to God. And so anyway, I would like to say we were so brave and bold, but they hit us in the back room. They filled up the plane and then we realized they had bumped 16 people to get us out of there for our safety. And we boarded a plane full of people who were kind of from this other faith that did not like um, women Christian pastors. I know that could actually be some people in our church, but we won't talk about that till another time. But anyway, so we get out of there. I got to be honest, we were so scared that we get, when we got to the hotel in Manila, which we had to stay up for a few days because we left the other place soon, we were so happy there were no windows and we almost hid in the room for the next few days. But anyway, because his glory is in earthen vessels. So we know it's not of us. So if you think you can do all this without him, then you either have pretended faith, which is dangerous. We'll get into that on another session. Or you're just, um, you're delusional and you need help. Because Paul had fear and trembling. And even when he tells us here in this little scripture we're doing today, as we're looking into him and ministering him as apostle, when you really see that, you actually see, he said, we were so, we didn't even know how we were going to live. He said, we just were looking at death. And he didn't say it with some, I'm going to die for God today. You know, we're humans, people, but we have God's divine nature in us. But when we're not that real, then we might be delusional. Now, I know some people maybe get to such a great place in this that doesn't phase them. Um, and I pray that God no, I don't want to get there because I don't know what I have to go through to get there. But whatever God's will is for the rest of my life, that's what I want. But um, I'm not afraid to die, but I don't want it to be painful. Just being honest. And that's another whole teaching I can give you about the stoning of Stephen. But we are out of time for today's Holy Spirit Boot Camp. I hope you join us again. You will be able to see this. We will be having a YouTube channel. I don't even know the name yet, but it's going to um, have a name Cindy Foster and Beauty Freshest Ministries in there. And we're also going to be on beautyfreshest.org. You can find these teachings. You can find this and many more and long three or four hour teachings, sometimes six hour teachings at beautyfreshest.org under our mentorship, our partnership. And we'd love for you guys to join us for that. God bless you, and I hope you enjoyed Holy Spirit Boot Camp. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.